podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. This is the Whistleblowers. I'm Martin Gritton, your host with co-host, uh, Whistleblowers' favourite and, and ex-regular of the show, but it's good to have you back, Lloyd. Lloyd Griffith. Thank you very much for having me, Martin. Martin Gritton. It's an absolute pleasure. We do a bit of PFAs. We do a bit of Jack Pitt Brooks. We do a bit of Premier League, do a bit of Football League because we couldn't miss the championship and have a little just general chat, don't we? A bit of Grimsby. A little bit of Grimsby. So, yeah, enjoy the show, guys. Uh, uh, Owen, regular co-host Mark Smith, dials in from Orlando. Really dejected phone call, so worth listening to that one for the end of part one. Cheers. Well, just as I sit here, uh, looking at... I mean, we've looked better, haven't we, Lloyd? I mean, I, I've had um, better days. <laughs> um, I, I, I actually... Um, so we, we went to the PFA Awards last night. We did. You took me. Yeah. I, I uh, pretended to be an ex-professional footballer. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you generally, you know, you've got that, that demeanour and that swagger about you, mate. I think I'll fit in now. Yeah, I've you're got, one I'm, of us. I look like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, I, and I got uh, quite drunk, is the, by and large bit. Yeah, and I was clinging on from the after weekend at a stag day, because I'd had a, I'd had a lent off booze and then kind of had a running jump into a two, three day bender, and it's not served me well. I think my favourite um, scene at the PFA Awards was turning around and seeing you... Uh, take two Rennie, then have an inhaler, um, oh. and then take two Nurofen. I've not even got asthma. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just have, stole it off someone. Just haven't. Just had one. Yeah. Well, apart from that, it was a it was a fun night. I've, I've great night. Enjoyed. I know that people might be much maligned these big award dues, but there's something about the PFAs where there's a, the main guy always turns up. Which is a, a is a nice yeah. nice touch, but the Liverpool were there in force last night. They were, yeah. There was quite a few. Of the, I think that their whole back four was there, wasn't, wasn't it? Yeah. it was like, I think Trent Alexander yeah. Arnold, Roberts, uh, yeah. Robbo is there. Um, Virgil, Robbo um, to you, mates. Now, yeah, don't know him. Don't know him. So I mean, I hope he's happy with me calling him that. But they were there, and it, you know, I think it is because it is voted by, by your peers. Yeah. That you want to be there because there are so many awards. Obviously, the sports writers, you know, it's a big one because that's theoretically the professionals uh, that watch a lot of football. Which was just announced today. It was just announced today, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, when I say, no, I've been in bed most of today. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, had, I had to go to the osteopath at 11.30 this morning, which I absolutely shouldn't have gone you to. You don't remember it, do you? I don't really remember it, no. And then I decided to go to IKEA straight away. IKEA, hungover. Glutton. Um, and just spent 130 quid on stuff. I don't know why, um, including obviously dime bars. Um, but yeah, no, but last night was great. Last night was great. And you can see that, you know, the, the, everyone was there, you know, the, the men and women that were there that were collecting awards, they wanted to be there. And that's, you know, they're the awards that really matter because it's, you know, it's your peers, whether you play with them or against them, that have basically said, I think you are the best footballer or the best young footballer in the country at the moment. Um, and it was obviously great to see, uh, you know, Virgil collect his award. Um, one of uh, only a, a select few defenders. Well, yeah, I mean, we're so far away from the action there. I'm always on the championship manager table, aren't I? <laughs> of, it's a collection of random footballers that are, are either available for loan or a coach yeah. at Kingstonians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which was quite good, actually. And, and no, with all due respect, it was brilliant because sat randomly, completely randomly, next to this lad. And um, we just got chat and it was just like, oh, yeah, did you used to play? Yeah, we must have played each, against each other about 10 times. Ben Abbey, who ben was a Abbey, brilliant yeah. striker. Southend. Who, yeah, exactly. You picked up on that. Did quickly. you play for Southend? He's like, yeah, so, how do you know that? I, was like, I think it's just Champ Man. It is. It was the Champ Man table. Mm. And it was. it's like, 
it's a great it's a great one for that to go back because a lot of us that have moved on from you know just not necessarily being involved in football day in day out it's nice to go back and have that reminder and you see some old managers and some old faces who was that guy Mike Milligan Mike Milligan yeah, yeah so yeah, Mike Milligan came over and spoke, spoke to me and you know you, you, again you remember the name you can't look at the face you go that you know he's like a million pound signing yes. you know went to uh, went to Everton from from Oldham for, for a million quid. I was one of the first captains of the Premier League and stuff. And yeah. he's there now. He's got a different capacity. Obviously, he does uh, he does uh, some trading and also uh, works in water. Um, so basically making sure that all the football clubs have got the right water going into it. So it's, it's mad now then. He's there because he's networking. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's just, you go, yeah, this is like, this is the perfect place for all these ex-footballers. So, you know, who's next to me? Uh, Kevin George. Yeah. Uh, Kevin George? Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't actually speaking to it. I didn't get around to Charlton, speak to him. I think, I think yeah. yeah. But again, like, you know, and everyone was just connecting with each other and it was just, it was, it was nice to see. Well, on a day that the Football League, perhaps the biggest day when the, the teams got from the Championship into the Premier League, which was quite a spectacular Massive. way of doing it. I mean, Sheffield United is at the Steel City proper proper football club proper. don't know if anyone's ever been to Bramwell Lane or or even Hillsborough have you played Have you played there uh, do you know what no I've played against them a couple of times but I, I've, you, I've played at Bramwell Lane mate. you make me sick thank you but at the same what was that what was that uh, for? Once Upon a Smile uh, charity game against Sheffield United Legends Fair and play. um Oh, what's that old captain called? Uh, he's been there for ages. No, he's, oh, he, he, he takes it really Chris serious. Chris Morgan. Chris Morgan. Yeah, he's not fun. Oh, he's not a fun guy. He loves a studs-up challenge, even if it is for charity. He popped he, he pop one on me in a pre-season friendly against oh. Chesterfield. There's no need to elbow me in the, in the, in the jaw, but he did. Yeah, he's, um, he's... I don't think he knows what charity means. I had a good story about him that probably is not repeatable. We'll have to put it whistleblowers after us, um, involving Barry Hales and Neil Warnock. Um, so if you ever see me in a pub, do come up and ask me that story because give him your inhaler and ask yeah. him to tell the story because <laughs> it's a belter um, so Chef United up fully deserved great amazing and I kind of kept an eye on Chef United this year purely because um, the goalkeeper Dean Henderson we had on loan at Grimsby from Manchester United and I kind of got you know acquainted with him and he did really well when he was at uh, Shrewsbury last year and so I've always like kept an eye on him and he's all, there's always talk about him going back to Man United and whether he's going to be a successor for De Gea. Obviously, Man United have got you know, a fair few decent goalkeepers there. So I've been looking at Sheffield United and, and they've, been, they've been playing some good stuff this year in a, in a league where there's you know, a, lot of com- a lot of competition. That essentially, you know, they're all Premier League teams yeah. in the Championship. You know, and it's easy to say that. But when you've got you know, Norwich playing an absolutely ridiculous uh, style of football this year, Leeds under Bielsa... Absolutely out of this world. So, you know, to, to, to be promoted, you know, not this early, obviously, it's kind of a... But, it is, yeah, it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see two decent clubs in Norwich and Sheffield United back in the Premier League. Yeah. And also be interesting to see what they do business-wise, you know what I mean? Like, whether they will keep the majority of the players they've got. You know, whether Wilder or um, Mr Fark will, um, you know, bring in... Spend a bit of money. Um, and I, I'm interested to see what will happen with Dean Henderson, you know, whether he stays, because yeah. can he play against Man United? You know what I mean? I'm not entirely sure if that's a thing. Yeah. So we'll see. Nice. Uh, well, we need to have a little look at that other game, Leeds-Aston Villa, which was nothing short of spectacular. If if there'd only been everything on that goal that Bielsa had to let in, essentially, for them. But even that was its own, it was its own soap opera. Yeah, I mean, if you just said... Get it before the game, do you know what's going to happen in this game? And then just like wrote six sentences as to what we're looking at. Well, that's not going to happen. What? And Bielsa's going to let, what? 
So what, then BS will let them score, but Janssen's going to Yeah, okay, yeah. right. No, I don't think that would happen. And John Terry will try and take the moral high ground <laughs> on another human being. I mean... It was just, there was just so much in that game um, that... Well, again, Everyone will have seen it. Everyone will have seen yeah, that. I hope the drama. And if you haven't, get 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 involved. Get involved. Because uh, our regular our regular co-host who isn't here today... Oh, hang on a minute. I think... Yeah, we just had a missed call from him. So, uh, and let's check out a message. This is the Vodafone voicemail service for... The Whistleblowers. Please leave a message after the tone. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Hello, Martin. Um, hello, co-host, if you've got one. I don't know. Just generally then, hello, whistleblowers. Um, tried to get hold of you, Martin, but it's like a voicemail, so here we are. Uh, currently in a bathroom at Orlando Airport. Um, thought I'd just sort of drop you a quick line. Uh, first of all, obviously been away from the country for a couple of weeks now. Been able to see what's going on from afar. Uh, Pogba in the team of the year. Very interesting. Uh, what I like about this is that people seem so furious at Pogba uh, for getting into it for some reason. But it's not up to Pogba. hasn't put himself forward for it. Other players, all the other professionals have decided that he is the best or one of the best in that position. Yes, he's lucky that they voted for it at a time when he was playing particularly well in that three-month period. But there's always a thing with, with, uh, with general fans, or more, more accurately, Twitter fans, um, they say things like, oh, you know, football journalists, they haven't played football at a high level, they don't know what they're talking about, they're rubbish, they're idiots, they don't know anything about football. But then when the actual players, and the, the players who vote for this, when they decide Pogba's good enough, they say, yeah, look, footballers don't know anything. So which is it? Which is it, Twitter fans? You can't have it both ways. Pogba got in, you're all very upset, I understand why, because genuinely, Musa Sissoko should have been in there ahead of him. But that's what it is, I don't know who you're complaining about. Anyway, uh, one more thing before I get my flight. Um, Derby of look, we're looking like we're going to get in the playoffs which is great um, but it might also be awful, we'll wait and see um, but staying with the championship really, uh, Leeds Villa so yesterday or the day before, I can't remember but Leeds Villa they have got no, there's no reason for them to kick that ball out I don't know what you guys think but there is absolutely no reason why they have to put that ball out of play their own player is down with not a head injury, and they're getting on with it. And it's, I, I don't understand what, what the argument is. What, what should the precedent be going forward? They have to get something written down in the laws of the game, which mean that we can avoid this sort of ridiculous drama every time a player goes down with a toe injury. It's, just, it's, it's mad. Look, anyway, I've got to go. Um, I'm so tired. Uh, I will see you next week. Goodbye. Well, uh, it was nice, nice to hear from Mark there. Like, amazing he didn't know that you were on it, which I'm quite happy about, considering you're the one that introduced me to. to yeah, he'd have given me a lot of abuse as well. I know. Um, I but also, that was the voice of a man who has clearly met Paul Pogba <laughs> and is clinging on to that for dear life. And like, it's quite funny because obviously he's a Derby fan, but he did a lot of stuff for Manchester United and Chevrolet. So he has met all these uh, these players, but I just quite he, he he's open that Paul Pogba listens to that and goes, do you know what I've always yeah I always like oh, 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 Pogba listens, mate. Pogba. Got, well, you know, mate, Pogba, do not rule it out. Pogba listens, do not rule it out. Not, uh, even better, just the idea of him speak, speaking for two minutes in a cubicle in Orlando Airport <laughs> yeah. and just pretend he's not in first class. He, I think he might. He's definitely, <laughs> he's definitely business. 
is he? Oh, 100%. Well, well, he is all business, and it was lovely to speak to him again. And uh, yeah, let's come back after the break to hear from, uh, I think we've got a journalist, guest journalist on to talk about a couple of the games. So back soon. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back from the break. It's uh, myself, Martin Gritton, on the Whistleblowers with uh, Lloyd Griffith co-hosting today. Thank you, Lloyd. Thank you for having me, Martin. Really, it is an absolute pleasure. A regular on the show, but it's always great to have you back. I haven't been for a little while, I think, maybe a few months. Just yeah. It's always quite, quite difficult on Tuesdays it or Mondays be. or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. Um, busy. Uh, yeah, as, as you're hearing the real lack of energy in our voices coming from <laughs> the, our appearance at the PFA Awards last night... Um, we uh, we were chatting about that in the first half, but um, seeing as we totally neglected the Premier League, Lloyd, I think we better speak to uh, our mate Jack Pitbrook, um, who uh, independent journalist Jack, who covered the Spurs v West Ham game, and obviously a Man City fan, so he's got some good bits on that too. So let's have a little, little listen to Jack now. How are you, Jack? I'm good, thanks, Martin. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. It's great. It's great to have you on again. Uh, just to let you know, we've got Lloyd Griffith on the show as well. Um, we've met before, haven't we? We have, at a wedding years ago. At a wedding in Salisbury Cathedral. Cool. Right, go on. No, that was it. It was just a friend of ours wedding uh, years ago. Huh. Actually, um, I remember that. I think we both we got in touch at the time. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, and we were, we were speaking last night at the PFAs, weren't we? Through, we weren't. Through Martin's Via fan. Martin's uh, Instagram DMs. Yeah. So not, not, not face-to-face. Not Dangerous face-to-face. place to communicate anything. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> least of all, um, yeah, sensitive material. Um, Jack, we were going to pick your brains on the match you were at the weekend. Where were you? I was at uh, Tottenham Hotspur nil, West Ham United 1. Oh, how was that? Uh, Tottenham were really bad. They were like really surprisingly bad. It was the, I do a lot of Tottenham and it was the worst I've seen them play in months. Um, they had a few chances in the first half and then they just looked exhausted in the second half. No ideas. Got done by West Ham on the break. Uh, could have could have conceded three or four. Finished the game with like Vincent Janssen and Fernando Llorente up front just hoofing it to them, uh, which was like the last thing that you'd expect Spurs to do. Uh, it didn't work. Fortunately, everyone else around them was so bad that they they will probably still get top four. But um, when you were about to play Ajax in the semi-finals of the Champions League, it wasn't the best warm-up. How how much was that Ajax game playing and the kind of the mood of the the venue as well? Because I would imagine that's that's it. You know, obviously the the forefront of everyone's mind, but there's still exhaustion from the City game, surely. Yeah, I think I think it was to be honest. I think you saw, you know, a lot of Spurs players were like ducking out of fifty fifties. Um, they didn't they didn't really play the strongest thing they could have done. They took off Deli Alley towards the end. So I think I think there was a general mood that they are looking forward to Ajax, which is obviously like the biggest game in everyone's lives. Yes. Um, and it, yeah, and it showed on the pitch. West, you know, West Ham are a bit of a mess, but uh, they still actually looked hungrier, hungrier than Spurs did. I was going to say that uh, the hungriest of all, Antonio, and his, his celebration here, that was quite uh, an interesting it's one. It's a weird one, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Talk us through. Did, did you have a, a ringside view for that one, Jack? Uh, yeah, well, we couldn't really see it at the time because we were, um, I mean, we saw him jumping around, but didn't know exactly what he was getting at. And it was only afterwards in the uh, in the mix zone that he said what it was, which was a um, some guy off Instagram, like some Instagram dance specialist who, who he copied it off. I'm not sure it would be uh, catching on anywhere else, though. It's weird in our celebrations of, you know, just, just raise your arm, acknowledge the goal, 
get on with it. Sometimes. So, yeah, even then, I think when I didn't celebrate, I scored against Grimsby um, and the fans, Grimsby fans, because I didn't really celebrate and they were like, oh, is he doing one of those things where he respects the team too much or is he just too fat and lazy to put his arm up <laughs> and run away and, and celebrate? It was a little from column A, a little it, from... It was, uh, yeah, yeah, a bit of both, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. The Venn diagram had crossed. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, <clears throat> well... Yeah, well, I was going to say, of all the teams um, that Spurs could have lost to, the first loss and the first goal they conceded, it was West Ham. And I, I, I didn't realise the rivalry between those two teams. Like, I, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't realise. But apparently it's, it's quite, quite fierce. Would you say that, Jack? Yeah, they absolutely hate each other, uh, both <laughs> sets of fans. Um, like, I, Why, though? At least as much... <laughs> I don't know. Is that, that's a really good question. I mean, if you ask West Ham okay. fans, you get lots of different answers. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those rivalries where, particularly when you live in London and you get a real sense of how strong it is in a way which I think maybe people from outside of London don't really get. Uh, I think it's you know I think it's a fan level thing rather than players. I think they kind of occupy the same space. There's a lot of overlap between the catchment areas of the two clubs traditionally. You know, I think Essex is full of West Ham and Spurs fans. Yeah, true. Uh, East London as well. Tradition, you know, East, obviously Spurs have a strong Jewish fan base, which used to be in East London, in East London before moving to North London. Uh, so there is like a lot of overlap. Uh, on uh, on Twitter, I called it the, the Liverpool Street Weatherspoons Classico, because that's where uh, that is a fantastic place. I, don't know if I completely recommend it. But it's where the fans of both teams, you know, it's, it's a natural point to go for a few pints. Uh, before going to either White Hart Lane or the London Stadium, and I—I I mean, I—I I dread to think what it was like on first thing on Saturday morning before this one. Or uh, or Love Box if it's the summer. Generally, that's yeah, the kind the of the meeting point. It's a quite an interesting yeah, cross section. Kind of, um, slightly like uh, on edge tw- uh, Essex teens who dominate Love Box are exactly the type yeah. who would uh, get to choose between Tottenham and West Ham as kids. And not to and not to alienate any of our listeners who go to that. That's that's right in my cross section as well. So is it the one at Finsbury Park? <clears throat> well, it used to be at Victoria Park, Victoria but Park. I don't know. It might have been. Yeah, it might have moved it now. I've never been. I think. No. It, I think. I think Love Box still is at Victoria Park. I think it's yeah. Field Day that got kicked out by All Points East. But I'm pretty sure Love Box has stayed on. Yeah, that's right. Well, listen, Jack. I, I, We'll switch to perhaps your allegiances for for the the next bit of your coverage. Are you, um, as a Man City fan, I've seen I've seen you quite fraught on. I'd say that's more your your real natural state of as a football fan on Twitter because I know you have to have a slightly more balanced view for, uh, coming from your views as an independent journalist. But um, yeah, how was how was covering the city or how was watching the city game? Uh, on Sunday it was really hard. It was hard. Um, when it was weird, like Wednesday was so exciting because it was a derby and I watched it with a big group. I watched it in like the London branch of the City Supporters Club pub, uh, which was full of City fans. And so it made it like a big communal experience. Um, whereas when, I mean, the Burnley game was just terrifying as a City fan. Like at, at no point was it enjoyable. And I actually missed the Aguero goal because I got so tense that I um, I muted the TV. Uh, I, went no- I went next door to the other room to to get changed to go for a run because I thought, Christ, if it's if it's nil nil with twenty minutes left, oh, I'm just going to go for a run and I'll check my phone afterwards. Come on! Uh, and then I went back. I went back into the TV room with my running stuff on, about to find my trainers, and suddenly the city had gone one nil up. So um, I'd, I'd need to flag. You, you got a TV room? <laughs> no, I like, knew you were going like, to bring that. The lounge. The, la- the lounge. lounge. I've got a really small wow. flat. Uh, basically, one room has a TV and one room doesn't have a TV. So that's how I tell them <laughs> apart. 
So you've got a TV room and a bathroom. Someone's doing it. A right. TV room and bathroom and a bedroom. Yeah, someone's doing it. Well, you've got three rooms, mate. You're lying, aren't you? <laughs> it's escalating. What of that game did you would you deconstruct for us that uh, that you would take from City? Because clearly, if, if that's got to be the, one of the biggest hurdles in Premier League football, Burnley. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think City were good. Like, I thought that they looked really nervous in the first half. Like, they were final balls off, uh, lots of poor touches, especially from Sterling. Uh, they did look a bit anxious. But, I mean, I, I will hate myself for saying this if I'm wrong. I do feel like City are probably through the worst of it now. Like, Spurs... Yeah, but Man United and Burnley were the three that had everyone worried. And if I mean, if they if they mess up against Leicester or Brighton, then they will deserve all the humiliation and shame that will come their way. But I think you know, like two months ago, if you look at those two fixtures that they got, and I think it's uh, is it Man City? Is, is it a seven forty five kickoff on Saturday, or is that Liverpool's? I think that's Liverpool Newcastle actually. Isn't it? Um, but yes, yeah, so it's uh, Leicester of a different team now. Brendan Rodgers has come in, taken over, and absolutely demolished. And they did demolish Arsenal. Mm. I mean, sure, was it a second half? I'm not entirely sure. But for me, looking at looking at the, I think that, I think the way that um, you know Brendan Rodgers clearly still, you know, large connections in Liverpool will want to do a job, and I think that's that, that could be the potential banana skin. Again, I've said that they'll win nine nil um, now. But do you not do you not do you not think that Leicester could be a, a, a banana skin, Jack? It could be, but I think ultimately City are all... Like, if Leicester are going to come and play football, which I imagine they probably will because it's Brendan, then if, it, you know, if it's a shootout, you're always going to back City in a shootout. Yeah. Uh, particularly on that, you know, the City are so good in those home games against teams, especially when the teams come out and play. Like, yeah, City did lose at Leicester at Christmas, but that was a, um, you know, that was away from home and, and everything. Uh, and City were in a bit of a, of a psychological dip. I would just be so surprised. I mean, yeah, maybe Leicester will score, but I would just be so surprised if City don't attack and attack and attack and eventually score more than Leicester do. Well, uh, wh- where are you this weekend, Jack, just out of interest? Uh, I don't know, actually. So I'm doing Tottenham Ajax tomorrow. Uh, that's the big one. And then Arsenal Valencia on Thursday. And then probably back to Arsenal for Arsenal Brighton on Sunday afternoon. Well, I forget how much football you've got before the weekend. Though that's 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 enough to be getting on with. Uh, interesting one. Are you uh, uh, eager for a summer break this year? Because obviously last year, it kind of you didn't really get one, did you? Yeah, it's been a really it's been an intense season to cover, just because the title race has gone on much longer than anyone expected, and of course, English interest in the Champions League has as well. Um, I'm quite yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to being over. To be honest, like I am the. Uh, like the Champions League final in Madrid will be great, so I'm going to that. Uh, I think that's probably going to be Ajax against. Kind of can't really call the other semi final. I think it's 50 50. And then Miguel and I do the Nations League finals in Porto uh, in June to see uh, Harry Kane and the lads lifting England. Lifting the trophy for England, which will also be exciting. That's nice. I just, I think, we'll, I'd like to leave on a note talking about Miguel there because just Lloyd's agog face. They're just trying to take in how much social media that Miguel can <laughs> pump through uh, just a little little black box in his hands. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? 245,000 tweets he's done. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Just yeah. let that sink in. 245,000. Jack's, Jack's used to seeing this, but, Miguel, but Lloyd's, just Lloyd's face, Jack, it was just an absolute picture. It right. is amazing. I've never seen anyone... 
I've never seen anybody match that level of productivity. It's incredible. It's like, the Ronaldo, it's like Ronaldo. I've just done. I've just tweeting. done some. Um, just some. I've just done some mass. Two hundred forty-five thousand tweets. Let's say he's been on Twitter for ten years. Yeah, ten okay. years. Um, and then basically, if you divide that by. Uh, well, that's 24,500 tweets um, a year. I mean, I probably didn't need to do that, Master. Divide that by 365. That's 67.1 tweets a day. Yeah, that's about right. That's, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, and... And, and we we'll take it in Christmas Day, Boxing Day there. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, it's birthday. I don't know if you saw it on it. That's a lot of tweets. <laughs> an awful lot It's a lot of content. Well, that's it. You know, it's... It's his medium. It is his medium, it's and he's good medium. at it. He's good at writing. He's, so an, he's an engager on that. I'm just worried about his thumbs. As is Jack. Um, listen, Jack, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate your time today. My pleasure, lad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and hopefully uh, hopefully some fun games for you this week. Um, we look forward to reading more at you. At, what's your handle? At Jack Pitbrook. Jack Pitbrook. Can't forget that. Lovely. All right, cheers, Jack. All the best. Cheers, mate. Bye. Well, it was nice to hear from Jack, wasn't it, Lloyd? That was good to put you two in touch again. Lovely bloke. He really is a cracker. With his um, rooms. Really deconstructing a couple of the bigger games for us because I don't think we've got it in us tonight. But um, no. But what have you got in you, Lloyd? Because uh, you've been a very busy man lately. <laughs> yeah, so obviously I, there's a show on Sky called Soccer M, which I co-host every week. So kind of busy with that, you know, two or three days a week. Then I've also been on tour, um, which I actually still am on tour. Um, I've got about five dates left. It's been very fun doing it. Yeah. Um, also just filmed another... Uh, show that will be going out on BBC Three in the summer and I'd I'd love to come on later on once it's, you know, and and chat about it because it involves sport. Um, Did 8 out of 10 cats the other week. Yeah. Um, I got really drunk on Saturday as well, actually. You're busy. You're a busy guy. So I am, uh, yeah, just, you know, if you throw enough um, poop, um, some of it will stick and that is the advantage of being uh, morbidly obese is a lot of poop. So uh, Black poop. Yeah. Didn't realise that red wine. Um, I did Gabby Roslin's radio show yesterday. Gabby Roslin, one of the, the loveliest women you'll yeah. ever meet. Or people. I mean, honestly, absolutely. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It's cracking. It's cracking. Get it all out. It's, it's more... I, I like to think spoken. of the whistleblowers as therapy as much as anything. I haven't spoken to anyone today. Yeah. So that's kind of, apart from my osteopath, which I can't really remember. Well, it's... Um, but it's exciting. And I'm, I genuinely, I'm, you know, I, I, I support Grimsby Town, so when it comes to the Premier League, I don't really have an allegiance to anyone. I don't care enough. Uh, and, and I know it sounds a bit mad. Uh, I used to have a little penchant for Man United as a kid because I used to go there because when my mum was at work, I used to go with my cousins. It was only 11 quid. Uh, and they used to drive us there. So I used to go to Man United a little bit. But I don't really have an allegiance in the Premier League. So I've just found this season so fascinating and I do want Liverpool to win it I'm not entirely sure if they will do it I'd just like to see someone else other than the you know the, the main teams uh, t- take it so it's been really interesting and seeing so many English teams in you know obviously in the, in, in the Champions League is amazing as well we didn't talk about your beloved Grimsby and, and our beloved Grimsby Martin. I know, this is it. I, I was waiting for you to clarify that our beloved Grimsby um, but it's uh, yeah it's been a, a, an interesting season. I'm really interesting. Didn't start very well at all. Really didn't start very well at all. And then we got a little bit better. And, you know, we, all our players were winning all the awards. Michael Jolly nominated for Manager of the Month uh, twice on the trot. Actually won it in one of them. And then obviously the dreaded curses. Then you obviously you have an atrocious uh, season. There's been all sorts. You know, Wes Thomas and, uh, and the gaffer, Michael Jolly, had a bit of a, a square up a few weeks back. And then he got banned from the training ground. So obviously he's not playing. What's been really good though, and you know, I don't want to go on too much about Grimsby, is that there's always been in the in the past. Um, you know, we've had certain homegrown players that have come through and done well, but in the, in, the, in this last season, we've we've had some absolute cracking you know players that have come through it, and we've just signed four more scholars 
for a professional contract for next season, and they've been coming into the team. They've been in the you know in the squads and stuff. Good. So it's really he brings good. them through, doesn't he? Joe? he like, yeah, hopefully, you know, and you know, obviously he's got. Um, Experience in you know working with the Burnley under twenty threes and twenty ones and stuff. So, I think I think you know good build, build, building block for next season. I just I just love Grimsby to be in League One. Yeah, well let's uh, always looking up. Let's uh, let's hope so. Listen, thanks for being in the whistleblowers, Lloyd. Love to, love it to have you. I'm gonna go to bed now, mate. Bye. The whistleblowers is back for the season by Ladbrokes. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.